Before we go to God's Word, I just want to give an introduction here to, uh, well, Roland Burgoyne. Uh, he came to me just before, well, during Sunday school, and he said, I could tell something was, it was sort of eating at him, and, and, and he said, uh, God has put a message on my heart, and he says, I don't know if it's appropriate for you to, 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 to have me preach this morning, but he had really wrestled with this overnight, and I said, well, I'm not going to stand in the way of God. If he's put a message on your heart this morning, then you need to come and, and, and give us that message. And um, so we're going to be taking a break from the life of Gideon and moving uh, to a different message this morning that Roland has on his heart. And brother, you come on up and you share. Um, and I know I've always been blessed when you do. So, Okay, good. I got a glass of water. And, uh, oh no, I brought it my own box. <laughs> Before somebody had to do it for me. If I have tears, it's because the Lord has put it on my heart. So, it's not wrong to have cheerful tears. Sometimes those tears are brought on to you by um, maybe conviction. Things that you haven't probably followed well. Um, but I've been struggling with this message. It was not struggling, but a hard time. Because I felt that the evil one doesn't want me to say anything. Doesn't want me to lift Christ. Doesn't want me to lift the Holy Spirit. Doesn't want me to lift the Father. There's a battle that goes on. The battle is there consi- consistently. It's always there. It never stops. Our flesh wars against the Spirit continually. We have struggles in the week. We have things. I was going to ask how many have struggles here, and I'm sure that every hand would probably raise that there are struggles in even continuing in Christ. Those struggles, there's an answer. And this has been on my heart. It started where my mom, believe it or not, I was trying to pre-rehearse what I was going to say, but God takes over. And he does it so well. My mom was passing away. She was sick. She was passing away. And I had a discussion with somebody on how, you know, today we have a hard time filling jobs. We have a hard time getting people to, to come to work faithfully, to be there for people serve people, whatever capacity that they're in. Um, and it seems as though our society, some of, it is, some of that has been lost. Loyalty. And um, anyway, I had gone to the home that day, and on my way out, God suddenly stopped me in my tracks. I saw this lady coming by, and she had her little lunchbox. And there's a whole floor there that is closed. And it's closed due to lack of workers. There's nobody to fill the slots. Or nobody wants to fill the slots. And I thought, wow. The baby boomers are the ones that are going to be going there. And there's a mess of us. And that's why there's a, such a big hole in the workforce. Everybody retired. So I see this young lady going in. We had just discussed these, these things with other people that they can't keep their businesses going. And I see this lady walking by with a little lunchbox. 
going to work. God stopped me right there and I said, Hi. How are you? Are you going into work? She says, Yes, I am. Wow. How long have you been working here? I've been working here 12 years. That type of work, 12 years, seeing people die in front of you, seeing people ill, seeing people not able to, to function anymore, where, where you're, you're subject to the, the touch of other people, you're dependent on it. So, anyway, I see her, and I said, well, I said, you know something? I want to thank you for going to work. I want to thank you for being faithful to your employer. I want to thank you because someday I'm going to be there. And I'm much older than you, so chances are you might be here. And I want to thank you because other people have quit. They've decided to leave. They're tired. They don't want it anymore. So the society we're in, we have struggles. And we could end up having more struggles, but we have something far greater on our side, which is the spirit of the living God. Don't cry. (laughs) You know why? It's because when God suddenly brings something out in your life that you feel like you're going to burst, you're going to burst from within, because... I've been saved 43 years. Have read this message, this verse, thousands of times maybe. Heard it from other people. But it never hit me the way it hit me this time. It never hit me the same way. This was like, you know when God, all of a sudden you say, well the word of God just jumps out at you. And then you're overwhelmed. You just can't, you can't get out because... And those are the lasting impressions you want in your life. Nothing else but what God wants you to have. So, (laughs) that being said, well, and my heart's moved that way because it was something taken for granted so much. I got a whole mess of notes here. I didn't know where to begin. I had a question, is there was everybody struggling? I just talked about that. In some way or another, we're all struggling. Day in, day out. We get up with struggles. We look in the mirror, we struggle with old age. (laughs) We struggle with a change of life. We struggle with all kinds of things. Influences. But are we on guard? Remember one thing. The battle has already been won. There is victory in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. But he gave us a comforter. Let's read that. I got to take out my glasses because old age you can't see where you're doing. You have to look. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. That's the word that hit me that day. 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against, and this is what hit me also, against such, there is no law. What law? The law of sin. If we follow these things that God has set for us, you notice that I, a while ago I had a picture of an orange tree there with oranges on it. Well, if you take that orange and you peel that orange all nice, and then you open the orange by segments, okay? Each segment would represent the fruit of the Spirit. You notice there's a lot there. You only got one fruit. There's a lot of segments there. But you know something? Each segment is tasty and sweet right to the very end. Up to the very last bite. And when you turn around and you start to look at these segments, if you look at kindness, that day God overwhelmed me because am I always kind? When I'm driving behind the guy that really is annoying me to death, Am I kind? Do I allow God to take hold of me and say, Stop. Don't bring yourself to the level of sin. Stop. Yeah, but. There are no yeah, buts in the Word of God. I have never seen it. Yeah, but. There's no yeah, buts. When God tells us, I look at it this morning, this church is packed and there's no more greater joy than I can have is to look at a church that is packed because the people that are here have not forsaken the assembling of themselves as a manner of some is. People have left the churches during the COVID thing. God sent a microscopic bug to see what we would become. I have to say, sadly, we failed the test. Some of us, no. A lot of us, yes, good brothers and sisters in Christ, even though they failed the test. We use the expression, well, we're only human, you know. Yeah, and you're going to remain human and not filled with God's Spirit and His guidance as long as you use that excuse. God gave us something far more. He gave us the Holy Spirit that we can call upon Him at any time. We can call upon Jesus Christ, and through Christ, He sends us, the Spirit is in us. It's not something you call down. He's already there. But will you grieve the Holy Spirit? And how can I grieve Him? Yeah, but. Yeah, but I can't. Well, yeah, but I'm human. What do you mean, yeah, but? There's no yeah, buts with God. So how come I so easily justify myself, and when I say that, and I take the Holy Spirit, I put Him aside through my yeah, but, and I open myself to every single sin that is available before, which was in the flesh and in the law. The law is the law of sin, I mean, I'm going to read it. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's reinforcement. 
reinforcement to what we just read, against such, there is no law. There's no law there. Because if you're in the Spirit, you are protected by the Spirit, you're taking the tools that God has given you, He has given you this so that you can be lifted every day, instead of being the woe is me, and to say, Lord, please give me your Spirit that I might walk in your Spirit, that I might make it real in my life. How much do you want to crave the Holy Spirit? I found out that I did not crave Him. When I crave pickles at night, I like to have dill pickles at night. Before going to bed sometimes, I'll slice it in four, and sometimes one isn't enough. I'll have two of those, these huge pickles. Because I got a craving. You'll stop at nothing, at nothing, to go get the craving. You want a nice big ice cream cone? You go to Fielder's Choice down in Manchester, near Winthrop, and I learned that through Donna and Roger. That ice cream cone, small. One here, one there, one there, one there, one there, one there. Small. And it's no more expensive than what we pay in town here for just a little of ice cream. And when you crave that, I went with my daughter, Michelle. We stopped at Fielder's Choice. And man, what an ice cream. But I'll stop at nothing. I went there. Why won't I stop at nothing for the Spirit of God to help me walk through life every day? My wife and I were talking about it over breakfast this morning. We want to put it on our picture. We want to put it in my mirror well, I put it on the fridge. That when I get up in the morning, I can look at that verse and I can say, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. For those that are without Christ, I'm sorry. You don't have this. You have all the other stuff. That keeps you away from Him. When you give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, this is made available. But even as believers, i got to claim it. i got to stop grieving the Holy Spirit. And i got to allow Him to fill me. To show me. What are the error of my ways? Lord, help me prevent my sin before I get there. Can I be peaceable? Can I be gentle? I saw gentleness this morning. I saw a little baby in a woman's arms. And she's got it caressed. She's got that child caressed. And the gentleness that she has, just touching this child and knowing that God has created this in me with my husband and myself. And this is a blessing that God has given me. And we want to dedicate him to the Lord. That's gentleness. And you know something? It also requires the commitment of the parents because you're going to have those kids the rest of your life. And even when they're gone out of the house, they're still your children. And you're still concerned. And you still worry because they're not walking in Christ. 
and you've given them the word, and you've tried, and maybe they slept in a seat like mine did. They would snore during prayer meeting night. Do you think I cared what people thought? Not one bit. I admire the families that are bringing up their children in Jesus Christ, and they're bringing them to church. They're exposing them to the work of the Holy Spirit so that they can be lifted up in the future. They can be lifted up as parents. Come and hear the Word of God. I'm not telling you you got to be here every night. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you need to hear the Word of God. It was meant for you and me. It was meant to change my life, to fill me up. Hey, hey you know something? Self control. Wow. I have seen myself blow up so many times, sometimes over the stupidest things, that had I not done that, I wouldn't have to say I'm sorry after. But we do it. But the point is that you say you're sorry after. That's self-control. Saying, I've done wrong. I'm going to confess to you, brother, I said something the other day that wasn't right. Not long ago, Nick, we talked together. And you said it that morning, briefly. Because we had talked about, if you were to stand up, stand up. Don't take for granted that we're all here today. Tomorrow you may not be. There may be some among us missing. It might be me. My heart was, was banging so hard a while ago, I think that's the fastest it's gone since I've had a CPAP because of AFib. I've got an AFib machine because my heart went up to 180 beats per minute and I almost had a, a stroke on that. But you know something? A while ago there was fear. And right, right to the very last minute... Satan was trying to, I don't know, I can't say that because he's not in this midst, but what I'm saying is inside, my fear of speaking for the Lord and making mistakes would stop me from wanting to say something on our behalf that God has given us. So anyway, Nick, when I said, if we were all stand... Even right now, and for all, I, you know, I can see all your eyes here. And you know something? There's nothing. The eye gate tells it all. Customs officers, border patrol people, they look in people's eyes, and you can tell everything. Now, if I was to look at you, you stand up and you look at each other, or you're sitting and you look at each other and say, Do I love you? You're my brother. In Christ. You're my sister in Christ. We are the body of Christ. But I have allowed the Holy Spirit to fill my heart to the point where this is not taken for granted, but it's loved and rejoiced and enjoyed every time we sit here. And we look at each other and we say, Praise God. He's here. Praise God. He's no longer sick. Thank you, Joanne. If there's somebody that would have an excuse to stay away from church because of being sick, it would be you. And you're here and you're an inspiration. I don't know about you guys, but I find that's an inspiration because she's not giving up. She won't give up until the point of her last breath. But you know something? It's easier to apply. 
If you have words with one another in your family, your wife, yourself, stop it. Stop it in its tracks. Don't allow it to get to anger. Don't allow it to go and fester. Don't go to bed that night with bitterness in your heart for anyone because you're the loser. You're the loser when that happens. You lose out on the blessings that God has for you because you know something? There's no greater thing than when you go to bed if has had anything, and it should be instantly, should be going to bed. I said, that's wrong. Instantly asking God and your spouse or your friend or your neighbor, I'm sorry, forgive me. Put a stop. You know why? Because when I saw my mother going on her last breath, she was a hoarder. She had all kinds of things. She professed salvation, and I believe she was. But was she controlled by the Spirit of God? No, of course not. Because she didn't allow it. But on her deathbed, you saw in this church, we had ten tables out there. She had ten tables of jewelry, all in bags, all over for ten tables. She had that in her apartment. And I love my mother. Don't get me wrong, guys. It's not showing badness towards my mother. At the very end, she says, Roland, and do what you have to. Get rid of it. Nothing goes with you. Your animosity will. Your bitterness will. That'll stay with you. That you'll take to the grave. That you won't talk to your kid that you haven't, your son or whatever. You, I said a, you know, a slang where a kid. But you'll talk that you, you'll, you'll have no peace with your sons, your daughters because of issues. Take care of the issue. Stop it in its tracks. Love them. This is why I felt that Satan was trying to stop me from preaching what God wanted me to hear. The Word of God stares you in the face. You know why I want to put this verse in my mirror? Have you ever really taken a look at yourself in the mirror? Because a man is like beholding himself in a mirror. The Word of God was not written for you. For the, it was. It was written for me. When I look in a mirror, what do I see? Do I like what I see? Do I like what I've done the day before? Do I like what I've, I've said? Do I like what I've thought? And when you look in the mirror, have you really gazed in your own eyes? And to see how much has to be taken care of before you worry about the things of all the others. How much emphasis are we putting on the things we have and our daily thing and everything else. And today you could be, your very life could be required of you. Where are you with the Spirit of God at that point? Where am I? Is it important that all those things, they crowd your life? They take away from your joy. You know, there's joy there. 
joy. Peace. Wow. The peace of God that passes all understanding is allowing the Spirit of God to fill you to the point where you get rid of the old rags that you have, that you carry with you, and to not allow or give chance for Satan or the devil, his influences, to enter your house right here. It's to stay Spirit-filled, to ask God to deal with the garbage right away. And I'll leave it off. Because you know something? You could be gone tomorrow. And all that, all the stuff that has changed your hearts and your minds and your lives won't even matter. Because it's all rust and dust. And it collects. And it's worthless. Long-suffering. Wow. When I looked at that, I thought, oh my, my. Long-suffering. Can I endure the guy or the person who despitefully uses me, who laughs at me because I'm a Christian? Can I be long-suffering enough to pray to the Lord and to ask me, to give me strength to forgive the person in his action while he's doing it? Can I have that peace And you know something? I believe we can. I really, really believe we can. There's no young. There's no old. We have a lot of young people here. Remember, kids, when you're kids, you fight with each other a lot. But you know what I notice about children? They forgive quickly, and they're friends within moments. The other guy just belted one in the nose or threw a rock in the other guy's face. It happened when I was a kid. But what do you do? You don't keep it in your head. You forget quickly. Why do you think God says, when you said that this morning, he says, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. You are a child of God. We are as young and small as the smallest and youngest person in this church today. But we leave childish things and we mature. But that wasn't to forget that we are children of God. And he wants us to have that attitude, that heart. And the only way you can do that is by he gives you his spirit so that you can turn around and, and have that fulfillment. There is nothing greater than when you witness to a person about the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, the love that he has for you, that you can relate to people And you know that it was of the Spirit of God. It was not something that you shoved and took your foot and put it in the door and try, when they're trying to shut the door on you. But no, you're not, you're going to listen to this. No, that's not what God wants. But when the Spirit of God overtakes the person who's searching, only God knows who's searching. And when he overtakes it, you feel the hair on your arms sometimes stiffen up and you get a tingling in your head and you say, wow. Here's what God is doing. I never expected this moment in time, a twinkling of an eye. I never expected this to happen, that I had this opportunity to speak to someone about Jesus Christ. 
Isn't that something? And you walk away and you feel, wow, that was the spirit that was in control. It sure wasn't me. Because I can't remember half of what was said. That's the work of the Spirit of God. That's His work. I have to say, honestly, I have turned Him off. Purposely sometimes. Why? Why do we do that? Our sinful nature. As soon as you turn Him off, and you put a wall to His work, you can count on it that you're going to have an, an event of malice or strife or envy, backbiting. And if you put it off long enough, you can go to fornication, adulteries, you can do all the others. Because it exists in us. We were born with sin. And the Lord was tempted in every point, without, but yet without sin. He knows what's in us. It's there. It's part of our nature. But if you walk in the Spirit, and you have that sweet savor of that orange slice, long-suffering, kindness, and it's sweet when you're kind because you see the person. I have to say this one, and it's not to, this is not brag, guys. This is something that I did wrong. And I have to use this example because the joy that it brought about in the two other people was only brought about by repentance on my part. I had an appointment for my mother, 83 years old at the time. I was working at the mill. I had to turn around and leave from one end of the mill, get through traffic, get to her place, get to the place of her appointment, and I was late by four minutes. Four minutes. A lady behind the desk said, well, you know, she says, if I wanted to, I could cancel this appointment because you weren't here on time. I ruptured. Sorry, but I ruptured. I came down on this woman. I said, I'll, I'll go see the management. I will have your job. You're going to tell me that this 83-year-old woman, you're going to penalize her? Because of, hey, I, I work for a living. This takes time to get there. I, I, I mean, I was justifying everything that I was doing, and probably it would have been a right thing in the world. But it's not when you're a Christian. It's not. When I left there, my anger inside of me, because I was not allowing God to control me. So what did I do? felt a malice. La malice in French. That means anger from within, and I mean it's there. It's embedded. So what did I do? Lord, I'm so sorry I did that because I hurt your testimony. I hurt you, Lord. I'm sorry. When I did that, I sinned against God. Because he says, make peace with all men. And he means, make peace. No, yeah, but I could have said, yeah, but. But it was wrong. It was wrong. There's no yeah, buts in God. He wants you to treat people gently, kindly. Did he say just 
Christians? He says the whole world make peace with all men. All is all. So, I do things on my own when, when the Lord kind of impresses, oh boy, you followed up royally. Don't ever talk to those two people about me. They won't listen. Not after that. So I went to the florist. Sometimes repentance has a cost. It should have a cost. You should repent. You should make things right. What in, every, in any way you can. And for me that day was I went to get two vases, two flowers. I came back with sorrow in my heart. Came to see the lady who shouldn't have answered me that way. I said, I'd like to see both of you, please. They came over. And I said, I want to ask your forgiveness. I said, what do you mean? They, you know, they deal with that all the time. They probably didn't care. I said, I want to ask your forgiveness. I said, I had no right to speak to you that day because I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the busyness. I don't know that you were told to say those things if, because they're tired of having people late. So I said, I'd like to give you these flowers. You, and I gave you one, the other lady, because you were, you were there to hear that foulness. And you shouldn't have been exposed to it. That's because that day, after my sin, I wish it had been before, and then I wouldn't have had to buy flowers. <laughs> but you know something? There was a joy in buying those flowers because my relationship with that individual was totally changed. Totally changed. The communication is there. The forgiveness is there. We see each other in the road. Hi, Roland. Never said that before. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? You know what I mean? If the world is capable of kind of changing their ways and understanding it, how come we hold on to our ways and the things we do? I have not used one note here. This is what God does. Because if you're motivated, I felt like I wanted to blow up for the past two months. But my fear of speaking out was greater than my fear of representing His Word. And that held me back. And it holds us back. If we submit ourselves to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, against such, there's no law. There's nothing to condemn you. That's what he's saying. You receive the Holy Spirit only because you are saved through Christ. By the shedding of His blood on the cross, He gave His life for you, and he says, and a comforter will come. How come I don't draw on the comforter the way I should draw on him? Why? Because, yeah, but self-justification. That's what I call it. Self-justification. So, I was going to, Re, uh, 
re-solidify in Colossians, but I'm going to make it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it a little uh, shorter. <laughs> so he says. Uh, he says, uh, modify. Uh, it, uh, it's I, there was one verse I was looking for. Oh, it says, put on therefore. As the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness. That's a reinforcement of the Holy Spirit right there in another book. Humbleness of mind. What is that? Be simple. Sometimes God talks to us in such a simple way and we're still not listening or I'm not listening. Just be simple with people too. Be humble. Be real. Meekness, long-suffering, kindness again. You know what kindness is? It says, uh, it says youthfulness that is moral excellence in character and demeanor. Gentleness, good, and kindness. But you know something? In, in there, Colossians, this is what I was alluding to, is that if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, if you read this backwards... Okay? You read this backwards. I got a runny nose. I don't care. Uh, uh, it says, against such there is no law. If I practice self-control, and I ask the Lord, control me, Lord, that self-control is not in me. It has to be something I pray for. And he uses it. And then if I put gentleness, and if I'm faithful Faithful to my husband, faithful to my family, my children, raising them up in the Lord, faithful to others, faithful in being able to forgive even the unbelieving for things that they do wrong to us. If I'm, if I'm good, I show goodness. If I show kindness, they all sound the same, but there's all a little deviation. I had written that down there. It was all a little bit deviation in each of those words. That's why if it was all the same, you'd have one word. But there's a difference. And then after that, you've got long-suffering. Then you've got peace. Okay, well, if you've done all those things, according to the Holy Spirit, and you've called upon Him, you feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. You know that He gives you peace because that day you didn't sin against God. And that is the peace that He's given victory over sin. And you have a joy because in that peace, it's going to create something in you that you're going to be joyful about it. You are going to be joyful. And you know something? It brings you to love. His love brings to a love that, it, that we say, the agape love that we say, we're unable to understand. Yeah, yeah, sure you will. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, you're never going to know what that love is. You're going to have the word love. You're going to have a head knowledge of it. Or are you going to be able to apply it? And here's what it says in Colossians 3.14. And with that, I'm going to close. And above all things, put on charity. Well, I'm not going to close. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Perfectness. The Lord works in us to make us perfect. 
He wants to perfect us. So from the day that, for it is God that has begun the work in you, both to do and to will of his good pleasure, to bring you to what? Perfect. Through Christ our Lord. To be made perfect. You will not be perfect. But you'll sense that your bond of perfectness is because you can now apply true love. What, and, and you know something? It is, we all know it, so we're going to close with it. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm just going to read it. And I want just that we stay with that. What about all the things put on? Yes. Yes. But now I want to go to Corinthians chapter 13, not Colossians. Uh, you know, it says, uh, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass and cha- uh, uh, changing symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding and mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, even though I got all this stuff, Knowledge. I have faith. I understand. Prophecy, whatever. But have not love, I'm nothing. What does it say? It says, I am nothing. Because if it's not motivated by the Holy Spirit, you got nothing. And though I bestow all my goods, all right? It says, all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, to literally offer yourself up as a sacrifice, but have not love, it profits nothing. Zero. Oh, zero. When they say gros zero in French, it's gros zero. It means nothing. But what does it say? Love suffers long and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Never fails. But he says, whether there be prophecy, they will fail. Whether it be tongues, they will fail. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. Everything we think of in our churches today that we think there, that are, oh, we're going to argue about these things and all that, that's all going to fail. But love never fails. You want to be made perfect? Give yourself to that verse, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Apply it. And you'll, you'll, you'll make it every time. It's not the point. As soon as you've offended it, change your way. Ask forgiveness. Make peace with all men. If you have any, anything against anyone in a church, against anyone you know, against things you've been keeping for the past 20 years, something said, something done, sometimes those people don't even realize that they've done it. <laughs> and even though they have, Forgive them anyway. Or ask forgiveness for what you've done anyway. So you want to be spirit-filled? 
The only way you can be Spirit-filled is to give yourself to the Spirit. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. And the very last thing here, it says, where did I put that? My last page. Good thing I have the note here. Yes. For God, Second Titus 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You will have power guaranteed if you give yourself to the Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee. It's not a mispromise. It's not something that, well, I'll decide whether you're going to get it. You will have it. And you know something? You'll have of love. It says God has a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. You know something? When I go sound asleep, I've got absolutely no guilt on my conscience. I go to bed, I sleep, I got no plan, and I rest that night. You want to find rest in Christ? It's through the Spirit of the living God that He's filled us. Each and every one of us that is redeemed by the blood of the Lamb has been filled with power from on high and with the tools that Jesus wanted you to have through the Spirit of God. We have it. Do I claim it? So claim it. Change. Let it become me. I've asked the Lord, please, Lord, after this message, Please don't let me forget this. And we can. And call me out on it. (laughs) So, I'd like to close in prayer, please. Father, your word is truth. The word of God says that they that worship, God is a spirit, and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. We thank you for the truth of of, the Word of God this morning. We thank you for filling our hearts. I pray, Lord, that as we leave, that you have blessed us with your Word that would change our lives, Lord. It would help us to go through the daily struggles. It would help us to have that peace that passes all understanding. It would help us to cope with the things that are going on out in that world. And, Lord, that we can have peace through it all because we know that the whole plan is in your hands. You have planned this from the very beginning of time, even when time was no time. We thank you so much, Lord, that you have found in you to search us out. For you first sought us, Lord. We did not seek you. And Lord, that you've given us your salvation through Jesus Christ, your Son, that salvation so freely given, bought with a price on the cross of Calvary, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we have this reminder that the power of God is in us. You've given us that, that we can have a fruitful life. And Lord, that we can lay down beside the still waters and we may drink of your word and have peace even though turmoil is all around us. Give us that Wonderful blessing today, Lord. We thank you for it. We pray that everyone who leaves here does have safety. And that, Lord, that they remember these words printed upon our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.